Check this out. This is DJ EFN. And all I really need is La Rubia from Winwood Brewing, Kendrick Lamar to Pimp a Butterfly, a white pizza with mushrooms, onions, and basil cooked into the pie from Anthony's coal-fired pizza, and I'm good. Beats and Eats. I am Old Head Ed. This is the podcast. I am the host. I think I got that backwards, but you get the meaning. Uh, Bruce Beats and Eats is a podcast where myself, the host, Old Head Ed, sits down with interesting guests and we discuss uh, beer, music, and food. But before we do that, we get to know the guest. It's a tremendous pleasure to have this guest uh, in my presence, considering that he's not only a, uh, a pillar of South Florida hip-hop, he's also championed the podcast game you know for lack of a better word um so a fellow podcaster uh, definitely a hip-hop head as as i consider myself i am talking about none other than dj efn what's up brother my Thank man you for having me Yo, i appreciate Thank you, for you joining us yes yes <laughs> the, the second go around and this time i'm in charge of making sure that things don't go crazy <laughs> right 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 <laughs> i got got boris on the board shouts to boris yes yes um like i said this is a podcast where we talk beer music and food now uh, but before we do that we get to know the guest um i mean people who showed up to the podcast have an idea who you are all right um, if they don't, they could always go back and use um, WDDH Radio as an accompanying podcast to go line by li- side by side with this. Right. Uh, but what I want to do here is talk about you were born in L.A. Correct. And then you moved to South Florida. Right. And then here is where you found hip hop or hip hop found you. How did that go? Yeah, that, damn, I, I never thought of it in, in those terms okay. where it found me, but. Music found me from early age going, you know, going back to, to Los Angeles. But, uh, you know, hip hop as as a music form, as rap music was slowly infiltrating any music that I was listening to because I listened to everything as a kid. I listened to metal, rock, punk. I was a skater. Um, listened to, you know, my older cousins were into disco. So disco was, was in the background, of course, salsa and merengue, you know, all, that, all the Latin music. Um, but, you know, slowly but surely... Rap music is starting to become like, like the music to listen to as a as a young, you know, as a kid. Correct. And it, but so I would say that it was in Miami that yeah that that I started to to become more passionate and more of a fan of the music, and then you know la- a little bit later on the culture because those where I the music and when I you know found the culture of hip hop are two different times in my life. Yeah. No. And uh, and you have uh the music. What you put together as far as hip hop was just a little bit different than what was going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you decide not to go with the route that had already been established by the likes of, you know, Luke, Jam Pony, so on and so forth, and go towards a more what I don't know. I guess a, a more diehard hip hop head would say. I don't. You know, it's it's funny that you say that also because 
I never really, really thought like when was the time that I mm. that I say I'm gonna go this route and not this route in terms of the music I really got into. But I loved all the all the Miami music and yeah. early on, Two Life Crew, Gucci Crew. I mean, you name it. It was all in the mix of all the rap music I was listening to. It was all yeah. the same to me, is what gotcha. I'm trying to say. Run DMC, LL as a Two Life Crew and a Gucci Crew and okay. a Poison Clan and all that. Yeah, there was no difference in my mind. Got you. What happened is, is that the two styles of rap kind of like split and one went more lyrical and more, I would, I don't want to say more creative with the, with the beats, but like sampling old music and just really being creative with the sampling. Gotcha. And the other one was more of like a party music, in my opinion. Yeah. And I needed more depth with the music. Okay. But I never stopped loving, you know, Miami bass gotcha. as it came to be called. Um, but I just got really into lyrics and beats, which yeah. happened to be mostly coming from like the New York scene, also L.A., Atlanta, all parts of the country. But it was a lot of it was coming from New York at the time. Got you. DJing, uh, the point where you decided I'm going to I'm going to be the DJ. Um, was that from older influences, someone near you, family member? No, nobody around me was a DJ, but just seeing whatever music videos like i was watching yo mtv raps every day when i got home from school <laughs> and uh the the, the jukebox um yeah. you know and just videos and then and then whatever magazines or any any concerts i might have gone to i always saw the dj in in the background and i just thought that was a dope role maybe it's because i maybe i thought I, I tried to rap and it wasn't that good at it so maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was but i just i just thought the dj was very commanding I like like the silent, but like you know, like like deadly. But he's heard, and regardless, yeah, it was yeah. and quiet. Then, and then remember, like in early on hip hop, the DJ is the the pinnacle, you know, of of hip hop. And mm -hmm. there's only a rapper because there's a DJ. Correct. And so that was still evident at that time that the yeah. DJ was revered. So I'm like, man, I want to be that dude. And when I would go like to a, a skate jam, um, or to a party a little bit older, and the DJ was spinning, just to see how like they controlled the room, like it was like damn near like magical you know yeah. like you know you put people in a trance and i was like man that's dope like yeah. i would love to do that like yeah. that must feel dope to be able to stop and play a different record and the and the people get jammed get that get reaction high, all at once them down, yeah. like, whatever you want to do and and so that's early on when i wanted to be a dj i just couldn't afford turntables but i, I had pause tapes too okay yeah and the, I, and I got everybody starts yeah, off until I got turntables. recording 99 jams yeah, i imagine yeah. uh, so, power 96 but really quick to answer more specifically, like, so Jam, uh, Jam Master J, uh, Jazzy Jeff, Terminator X, mm -hmm. DJ Yella and Dre, like, uh, those are the cats that I'm seeing, you know, spinning and that I'm like, oh, man, I, I want to be like them. Yeah, damn. How soon after that did you start getting people from the local area start gravitating towards you? Took a while, man. I yeah. mean, so everything we're kind of talking about is me in junior high. Okay. Then going into high school. And I'm just a fan of the music, trying to support the local scene and whatever's going on locally. It isn't until about, like, I graduated in 93. I start my crew and company, Crazy Hill Productions, in 93. But it isn't until, like, maybe 94 that I'm able to get turntables, okay. you know, techniques at least, and start, like, practicing enough that I felt confident that I could do stuff. And then with the company already starting and then me starting to to do stuff as a DJ and put out mixtapes... That's, you know, I already knew, like, the mission statement right out the gate yeah. in 93 was it's all about the local scene. And then as soon as we started to create any kind of a buzzer name, it started to, like, you know, people were, were kind of open to, like, working with us and stuff. And okay. 
so that's that's a while. I mean, that's pretty interesting as far as the approach where you said, "I'm I, eventually I'm going to get here, but first I got to lock down this name, this the brand, the idea." Do what I can. Yeah, it's really just it's not. You I, know, miss, I, I would have liked to have had my turntables first. prior, and all, yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah. I would like things to be in a certain order. But if you don't have those resources, what you just don't do it. Yeah, that's I, that's my thing. Like, nah, man, like that's not the way to do it. Start it. Like, somewhere. Got to start somewhere. Try something. You know, if you really want to do it, just, you know, figure out a way to do it and, and find out what can you do in the meantime while you're waiting to, to do these other things that, that you're really hoping to do. Got you. What inspired the name Crazy Hood? Um, man, I thought I was a nut, like all the way <laughs> okay. from, you know, pretty much all my young life, man. Like, you know, to not get deep into it, just family life was crazy. Mm-hmm. My, you know, moving from L.A. to Miami, my parents divorcing, my dad's a Vietnam vet, Marine mm-hmm. Corps. He had his issues, uh, just, you know, just school, wild shit in school. Um, I just was like, I just felt like I wasn't all there mentally. Like okay. literally like mental health is the, is the core behind the word crazy. Yeah. Um, I felt I was, I could snap at any point. Wow. Um, and so as, as things progressed in high school and, and it's my crew, crazy hood and, and the brotherhood that we created and hip hop that I felt like kept me level headed and kept me, kept me mm. sane to a degree. Um, so I was very like appreciative of, of of this family that I had created through hip hop. So when I started thinking of a name, I was like, well, you know, and, and these are names that are like associated to the times, you know, like correct, yeah, yeah. So you yeah, know, yeah. like what's you know, like what's the name that you know, like is gonna catch people's attention? You know, yeah. like I feel a little crazy. You know, I'm a little nutty. Yeah, yeah. I crazy. You know, uh, people respect crazy sometimes. Yeah, you know? <laughs> they don't fuck with crazy. And then hood people. A lot of people thought that we meant neighborhood, and really what it was is that. The uniform of a hip hop head at that time was wearing hoodies, and people say Miami hoodies. I was like, yeah, it's when you go to school early in the morning, it's indoors. The AC's pumping. Yeah. You could wear a hoodie, no yeah. problem. Mm-hmm. You know, so we would wear champion hoodies all the yeah. time, and so and that was like the uniform, like the average uniform of a hip hop head at the time. So we yeah. we would call ourselves hoods, yes, which is also hoodlum, you know, correct. So so it was crazy hood. And then I wanted it to be professional because I wanted to be taken serious. So I add yeah. production. So it's crazy hood production. There you go. Added some class to it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, a, it's amazing. And it's always a good story to hear people say that uh, hip hop did that for them, provided some type of a therapy or some type of a release. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, yeah, that's always a good thing to hear because then it shows you that it's, it's more. I mean, we've already established that hip hop is more than a fad. We've established that, right. I'd say, easily 25 years ago. Um but uh, it, it's always a great feeling to see people take that and use that as a motivating tool. Um, you go on to find yourself in a place um, where you're podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is also, if I remember, if I recall correctly, podcasting was kind of the same where you weren't doing it just yet, but you had you had an idea mm-hmm. and you kind of stored that waiting for the right moment to get involved with Nori. Right. Is that how that, I mean, is that, am yeah, I correct to yeah, say that? That's how, I mean, we were doing things that, were podcast adjacent in a okay. sense. Like, I had already been doing uh, like internet radio stuff for a while. Um, I had done in the past pirate radio, uh, college radio. But with Nori specifically, we started doing a, a show on XM and then Sirius XM when they, okay. when they merged. And that was like the precursor to what we do today as Drink Champs. Just wasn't called Drink Champs. And at that same time, this term that we would throw around in my office is like, yo, because we're, we're heavy drinkers. A crazy hood and then nori as well and we were like ah, if you can't handle your liquor you're not a drink champ and i just thought that sounded dope and i was always curious I'm, somebody has to own drinkchamps.com and when i checked that nobody owned that i'm like oh i'm grabbing <laughs> yeah. this i'm grabbing the twitter i'm grabbing the instagram i'm copywriting i'm creating a logo with my homie scam and 
I didn't know what it would be. Yeah. I was just, a, I'm just like, I was at that time, and I mean, I still kind of am. I'm one of those dudes that looks at like the digital real estate. Like, I'll grab, if I have an idea, I'll go on GoDaddy. Oh, nobody has the dot com. And I'll just, I have like a million dot coms, you know? Um, so that's what the mentality was. And then around that time, we had stopped doing the Sirius XM show, which we did for like three years. Nori and I both got busy. He was living in Miami at the time. And for about between three to five years after that, or around that, um, my homie Godfrey, a uh, Dominican dude. Okay. He's from the area. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does a podcast called Gamer Tag Radio. Okay. And he had he had been podcasting and internet radio forever. He's like in the podcast Hall of Fame. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, he was always like pushing me, advocating, yo, you should podcast. Boom, boom. You know, you and Nori should do what you were doing as a podcast. I would bring it to Nori. He, you know, podcasting wasn't a thing in hip hop. Nah. Nobody knew it. It was like yeah. a nerd thing that computer nerds did. Yeah. yeah. And long story short, uh, finally Nori got on board with it and I had the, the names already ready to go, the name. And he's like, all right, let's do it. Wow. And then we got it. We had a, Godfrey, the homie Godfrey, he had just got his podcast distributed through CBS Radio and he made the link. We did some pilot episodes. They loved it. Okay. And came out and it was a breakout hit. Yeah. Right yeah. Yeah. And which is like, you had an idea that something, even, even in the earlier stages, did you have any idea that it would be what it is now? No. You mean like when we yeah, first when you, did it? When you were first dropping? I mean, bef- recording it, no. Yeah. I thought my goal was to create, to do something, because the Sirius XM show we did, we, we didn't make any a penny off of it. Okay. At all. Yeah. It was just something we did, like, for fun and for promo. So my goal at this point was to do something that would at least generate, at least cover overhead for the time we're doing it. You True. know? True. For our time. And then I, I would ask people, like, oh, if you get, like, a certain thousand listens, you can generate, like, a couple thousand dollars a month. I was like, all right, cool. And that's all myself and Nori thought of, you know, okay, it's just a little thing we're gonna do on the side that yeah. might generate some bread that first episode came out it was like 300,000 listens wow. and CBS radio didn't even know how to deal with wow. it because they're advertising you know they had like the real CBS advertising salespeople, and they're just like drink champs and this big breakout hit and they're like oh, we don't know how to sell this you know like because we came out so high that they couldn't possibly pitch us to advertisers because the, the price would have to be high but we're an unknown thing and yeah. we're talking crazy on the show yeah. so it's like yeah. it took six of months before they could sell ads on us wow. we were getting pissed wow. so it took six months in Drink Chance being the number one one of the number one music podcasts to make a one check to make wow. his first check uh, so no we didn't know it was wow. going to be a breakout here. talk about meteoric rise and That's... definitely didn't think we'd be here today going into five years of it Definitely didn't think that. And then you branching out and and getting other people involved in the podcast game, just like Godfrey did to you. Right. Now you got you know uh, the lit Lost in Translation. Yeah. Yeah. I got that. You got the Beer Fest Fridays. Yep. Uh, which we'll get into that eventually. Fatherhoods. That's right. Yeah. Um, man, that's <laughs> and I'm and I'm preaching it. I I try to do what Godfrey did for me. I felt that podcasters were very like. Like they just they were welcoming. They wanted everybody to podcast, and, yeah. and I and I I still feel that way. But now I feel things have changed. I mean, I still promote that everybody should like. I advocate for podcasting, mm-hmm. and then if you have a voice and you want have something to say, record it, put it out. You know, just do it. You know. But in terms of making money doing podcasting, I think it's changed now because of COVID, um, and a lot of celebrities and a lot of big names have jumped into the podcast world that weren't there before Correct. because they were at home doing nothing, nothing. and yeah. they needed to generate money and so they used their celebrity voice to generate money so now if you jump in now post-COVID mm-hmm. or during COVID 
it's a lot, you know, it's oversaturated of a yeah. market. So I, I just tell people, I give them a fair warning. Yeah. Uh, but not to deter them, but just fair warning. To keep that in mind going yeah. into it. Um, one of the last things I want to touch before we get into the brew segment um, is I uh, earlier asked about your experience coming from L.A. into Florida and then finding hip-hop or hip-hop finding you here and making the waves. You also have a, a documentary series called mm-hmm. Coming Home yep. where you travel to different locations and you uh, you look forward, uh, you look towards... Um, the people's hip hop experience there, or how hip hop ex- uh, affects them there. Right. How did how did that idea start? It started with trying to follow my own roots as a Cuban American. Um, if, if anybody knows the Cuban community, especially in South Florida, for years it's it's very taboo to go to Cuba. You know, it's, there's still a lot of hard feelings over you know the the, the revolution and the yeah. exodus, and you know my family included. You know, if you go there, they feel like you're supporting the cash regime. So. It got to a point, and I had that same mentality because when you grow up, you're like indoctrinated in that mind frame, and and you know you 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 you're like yeah fuck that shit. But then as I got older and became an adult, I was like you know what, I I would love to see Cuba in this like bubble that it's in that might be somewhat resemble what my parents were, in. and even though it's falling apart, mm-hmm. I just wanted to see it before it opened up, like before Taco Bell and Burger King were on every corner. Yeah. So that was my goal, and and it was just strictly that, just to follow my my family's roots. And see Cuba in that bubble. And then when I was thinking of that trip, a friend of mine had been to Cuba already. He had connected with some hip-hop artists out there. Okay. And then I was like, oh, man, it'd be dope to connect, you know, and, like, have, like, this cultural hip-hop exchange in Cuba and see how they're doing it. And so we went. We filmed it. My homie Garcia. uh, My crew came. And we we filmed the whole experience. We linked with all these Cuban hip-hop heads. And we came back. We put together this super amateur film. Literally editing with Garcia in my my room, and then we were like, oh, okay, maybe our family will enjoy it. Maybe our you know, maybe some friends, maybe some other Cubans, yeah, maybe some other Latinos at at the best. And yeah. then it, it went to film festivals. It won some awards. Oh, that's fresh. Uh, some diehard Cubans that are against going actually loved the film. Featured us on like like, like Spanish news, um, and it just got this really good like feedback. And then people from other like backgrounds were like, yo, I would love to go to my parents' homeland or my country. And I was a fan already of Anthony Bourdain. Okay. R.I.P. for real. Yeah, rest in peace. A lot of people use his name in vain when they talk about travel shows. Now, mind you, I'm I'm in 2012 doing this. So this is, to me, before, like, Anthony Bourdain's, like, really, like, mainstream popular. You know, if you're into it, you were into it. But yeah. he later on went on to CNN, and he got more well-known. And so I say, when I use his name, I say I really respect what he did because... His profession was uh, being a chef and food. So he used what he knew. So when he went into a country, he used that as the conduit to conversations, to learn about the country, to find about their social ills, the political situation, what's going on, and get like really down and dirty. And it opened doors for him that wouldn't normally open for regular tourists. Yeah. I felt I, I could do that using hip hop, what wow. I knew. And that's what the film series is about, is, is uh, hip hop is guiding us in these countries and helping us you know, learn about the country. It's not a documentary about any given hip hop scene because that's not fair Correct. to each country. They have, yeah. you know, that would take a series just for them. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's through our eyes linking with hip hop, and hip hop is our guide in this country and teaching us about the country, and we're learning about them, and it's like a culture exchange. Excellent. How many of those do you have out already to this point? Uh, we did Cuba was the first one. We went to Peru with the homie Beats in the Hood Boris. Uh, we went to Haiti. We went to Colombia, Vietnam. Wow. 
And then, then Columbia is, is unreleased. The first four were released. They, they aired on Revolt TV. They were licensed. The okay. first one, Cuba, was licensed right out the gate uh, when Revolt TV launched. There was the first original acquisition. Wow. So that was Man. dope for a first-time filmmaker. For real. And then the, the, four, the three after that, so four total, aired on Revolt. Columbia hasn't come out uh, publicly yet. And then we're in post-production for Coming Home South Africa, which we took recognize of Mayday. Uh, with us on that one because he's South dope. African background. Yeah. Shouts to Rec, Bruce yeah. Beats, and he's alumni. Yep. Um, man, you kind of like led right to where I was going <laughs> with that. It's like, what's coming next? Right. Um, I'm glad you threw the Anthony Bourdain, the food reference in there, in there because uh, by the time we wrap this podcast up, we're going to talk food. Dope. But before we get there, uh, we got to get through these brews and these beats. Right. So let them know one time. I'm sure most people know where to find you, but just for the sake for of sure. being professional and yeah, yeah, yeah. getting the official business out of the way, let them know who you are, where you can, where they can I find mean, you. I the, mean, the main destination is crazyhood.com or drinkchamps.com, but my socials is uh, who's crazy at who's crazy for Instagram, at DJEFN uh, on Twitter and Facebook. And like I said, crazyhood.com is for everything. Dope. Again, man, I would be remiss if I didn't say this. We meant we mentioned Rec Rec a couple seconds ago, and Rec is kind of the way the catalyst of this happening in a sense, like yeah. one of one of the moving parts. There yep. was a couple different parts, but shouts to Rec, uh, shouts to Orion, WDDH Radio. Um, yeah, man, let's get into this next thing. It's the Bruce segment. Uh, Bruce Beats and East the podcast. Y'all stay tuned. I got EFN with me. Let's do it. Big beer, little beer, big beer, little beer, big beer, little beer, 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 beer. big beer, little beer, big. Beer. Bruce Beast and Easter Podcast, and we have reached the bre- the breeze. We have reached the bruise portion, and I haven't had a sip of anything yet, and I'm starting to have a hard time getting these words out. Breezy bruise, bro. Breezy bruise, <laughs> yes. I'm going to put it on a shirt <laughs> like I meant to do it. Um, EFN's still with me. Uh, this is the segment where my guest tries four different beers. We get their thoughts on them. Uh, maybe in the meantime and in between time, we'll hear an early beer memory um, and then what they're drinking nowadays. So let's get right into it. This first one is from Three Sons Brewing Company. It's their Ocean Park Pills. It is a Pilsner by the name, and it comes in at a 5% and is brewed here in Dania Beach, Florida. Whenever you're ready, EFN, give that one a go. Yes, sir. Salud. I like to smell it. Oh, I like it. Okay. Okay. You approves. You approves. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. A, a good start at least I like it Okay um, This is where I usually ask my guest um, Early beer memories I mean it's terrible It's like Corona or something <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, And then and then considering the, What we're going through now oh, yeah, It's like yeah, Corona yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Damn I'm trying to think But it, it definitely was like uh, You know Being a young teenager Doing beer runs Which The beer run is You know You jack the beer from the Quickie uh, Okay Okay you know, uh, And Cause it was harder to get the liquor and then it was usually like you know corona or budweiser whatever it was yeah. like right there easy to grab and and then later on when i if i even did buy any kind of beer corona was just such a big brand that i would buy corona uh, fast forward i realized that corona i'm no disrespect to corona <laughs> even with the namesake and all but it's <laughs> Not my favorite beer at all. <laughs> it doesn't even taste like beer to me, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. Hey, um, 
was it all right so yeah so beer runs were you kind of getting your hands on whatever you could get yeah, <laughs> your hands yeah, on yeah yeah sorry to the quickie mart owner the poor independent <laughs> yeah. store owner that we jacked oh, several man. times were you uh were you familiar with the uh was that the quick stop that every person that i In talked to from kendall off of uh where strange beast is at now oh no we've done we West did Street. that one too we, okay okay yeah. is it even there anymore the gas station no, that had the quickie mart there? the gas station is there but the quickie mart apparently from what i've told like well, i, I speak it, is it on well, no it's not it's not one five two, two. no no, no this before was... before that you're talking about the bodega in that little strips mall yeah no okay so that wasn't there back i mean it might have been there but that wasn't where we went okay there used to be uh the gas station was like a farm stores or a it wasn't a 7-eleven it was okay. one of those type deals got you and there we used to jack there too got you but it was in the hammocks there was a spot thank god there's a statute of limitation now but we, <laughs> we poor guy i remember the poor dude man we used to jack the shit out of him and he would try but nah, yeah. it wasn't gonna happen yeah. <laughs> damn damn now i'm I'm, I've the furthest south I've ever lived. Once I came down from NY, was North Miami Beach. Okay. So my knowledge of things down this this way are too. like yeah, it's right, like right. it's a whole other world to right. me. I get lost in translation. Yeah, just like we, but uh, <laughs> if we go to MMB, like we're yeah, lost. Yeah, know? exactly. But I, I, it just seems that everybody that I talk to from Kendall is like, oh yeah, this is the spot. This is where yeah. we used to go. Oh yeah, this is the spot. Dope, dope. Um, you want to get into the second one? Sure, let's go. Let's do it. Let's crack this one open. The, the color of the label scares me a little bit. The, it has a very like Jack the Ripper feel. Yeah. Like well, it's on some old like. It's just the brown. Uh, the brown color of the label scares me. Like it's gonna taste like chocolatey mm. or something. Oh, that it's gonna it's gonna kind of it's like a, an indicator as to what it's gonna be. Right. You'll probably like this one as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on the limb and say you'll like this one as well. Um, I'll hand that over to you. Uh, typically. Um, so which one is this one? What's that one? one. All right. I'm glad you asked because then that puts me back on my job instead of me sitting here having a good time talking <laughs> to EFN. Uh, that one is also from the Three Sons Brewing. It's their Antique Alley. It's a red ale. Antique Alley makes sense with the labeling now. Yes, okay. exactly. Uh, I guess Dania Beach is known as the antique... Um, Capital of the world. Capital of the world. Really? Of the world? Of the world. Yeah, we're going to take over the world. I'm going to go with the United States. Okay, but, okay. But, uh, yeah, so that's why probably they named it Florida. Antioch. <laughs> yeah, probably just Florida. But you know Florida's big to us. It's right, like, right. It's, it's the only thing. All right. Let's get this one to try. Not bad. I like okay. the first I mean, I'm. you know, like anything else with beer the first one you drink you know that flavor stays with you and it kind of ruins the rest yeah so you can't be a it's hard to be a prisoner of the moment with the latest beer because the first one's the one that set the tone right right so i would say not bad but my the first one's right so now far is, is holding me, strong yeah. as number one dope dope okay so what's uh, the percentage on this one that one is a 5.4 okay yeah so we've gone up a little bit um from the previous uh, which I think is like a 4.8 okay. Ocean Park Pills. Uh, which brings me to my next question is, uh, what's something you drink nowadays as far as beers? Bro, I would love to tell you that I'm a beer, like super knowledgeable beer connoisseur. I'm yeah. not. Okay. Um, I've, just be- I've just become a beer drinker because I was always a straight hardcore liquor drinker. Okay. And then I just felt, and I'm just giving you a whole story of why I drink beer now, but I always felt, and I looked down on people who drank beer i felt like it was a waste of calories to get drunk got you because my purpose in drinking liquor was to get, to get that feeling to get drunk yeah. you know so i'm like bro why cut that cut all that liquid and calories and all that bathroom trips out and just drink the liquor hardcore but as i got older and then my girl came into the picture my girl's a beer connoisseur okay she's into beer 
And she was always like pushing me towards drinking beers with her at the bar or whatever, you know, yeah. like or, or go to a brewery. And then slowly but surely I started to enjoy it to where like now it's like I'm drinking more beer than I drink I liquor. Got you. And, you know, I couldn't tell you. She could tell you. She'll tell you better than I can my yeah. favorite beers, like the types of beers. I okay. Like, okay. Because I'm still not 100 percent knowledgeable. Yeah. It's usually like I like to say my go to is give me a blonde. Yeah. I don't know what I'm really saying there, bro. You know, like, I like Mexican-style beers, like, okay. to drink with michelada, but then I like the, like, the negra to drink a michelada. Um, really and truly, dude, I'm I'm pretty, I can drink almost any kind of beer. Like I said, it's just the first one I drink. Yeah. That's the one I, I can stick to. If I start to switch from there, it gets difficult trying different things. Yeah, because you're, you're already accustomed to that first one. Right. But shout out, like, I like, uh, like, talking about beers here, I like La Rubia. Okay, yeah, for sure. Shasta Winwood. Yeah, I like uh, the Spanglish from Besasur. Yeah. Um, oh, my girl. She'll tell you some other, like, real, like, cool ones that I like, but I couldn't tell you off the top. Yeah. So that's, like, the epitome of the better half. Yeah. Because she's, she's better, especially when it comes to the beers, she's definitely the, the better, better half. Well, I mean, she's the better half, period. <laughs> okay. The mother of my children. There she's you the go. Better half, you there know? you go. Dope, dope. Uh, you ready to get into this third one? Sure. All right, let's do this. This one I haven't tried yet. It is the Lake... IPA from Bangin' Banjo Brewery. They're okay. out this of, is where I start to get nervous, IPAs. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm not a big IPA fan at all. I can tell you that I know that I'm not into super-duper hoppy stuff. Yes, and that's where I find myself too. And, and I find that when I hear IPA, I get super-duper hoppy stuff. Is that wrong yes. or right? Yeah, you know, you're right. Okay. Uh, especially if it's just an IPA. Uh, it, it changes up a little bit when you get into like the hazies right. or the fruited. Uh, or the sour IPAs or the fruit. I think that's the Which same is, thing. Which is IPA is Indian Pale Ale, Indian right? Pale Ale. And it, all this is, it's what? Fucking the hops coming from India or something? Well, no. <laughs> see, now, that's it's funny you mentioned that because originally what I had learned was that the Indian Pale Ale were the hops, the beers that they would transport or ship to India in order for the beer to make the voyage from Europe. It had to or, be like it had to be, They had to right? overdose it with the hops just so it would last the voyage. Ah. But apparently... That's changed. I like I recently no, I came. Up, yeah, right. Yeah, no, yeah, no. And I, somebody, I don't know if I read somewhere where it's like, yeah, that's a common uh, misnomer. But I don't know what the, the true meaning is. Right. Yeah, but now you got New England IPA. So I have a question for you when it comes to beers. Oh man, I hope I can answer. So if it's soup, no, no. I mean, it's yeah. just like a personal issue, gotcha. like an opinion. Like if it's, I would assume that almost everybody can. Like, super hoppy isn't that good. It isn't flavorful. That's... Like, how do people, like, really... They're really into it, man. Like, it I, tastes good. <laughs> you know, I'm with you. And I think it's um, I think it's a, a matter of, like, the beer... I'm going to say connoisseur, connoisseur because... And, and the word almost came out. Came out I was going to say snob. But <laughs> right, was, right, yeah. I'm going to go with connoisseur. They're always going to try to push the envelope and look for the next thing. So the real hoppy was like, oh, this is great. This is, right. you know, and I think they were trying to start a wave like, yeah, let's make this like the like kind of like Supreme clothing. Like, let's make this the, the right, flagship, right. you know, and then eventually that dies it's out. Like exclusive and it's like only a certain people are into it. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So it's and then eventually when everybody starts jumping on that, then it looks like they migrated towards Sours. So Sours, sours is, is the, starting to get crazy, too, man. Sours is starting to get crazy. Um, what I've learned is that. Looks like the next step step in the evolution is the wild ales, um, where their beers brewed with these like I'm talking about. Uh, they're throwing in there, you know, stuff in there that's got uh, flavors as far whether it's a habanero or a honey or uh, like these mixtures where you're you're drinking it and you're like, oh yeah, there's a bunch of flavors right. of stuff that doesn't normally pop up in beer. 
a Spanish Marie is doing a lot of that stuff. Like they do the cotton candy yes. and the different yep. things like that. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's that's the new wave. But uh, let's get into this IPA. Which one is this one now again? This is the uh, Lake IPA from Bang & Banjo. Okay. Clocks in at a 7.2. Woo! So this is, yeah. Okay. Mm. As far as IPA goes that I, that I would imagine I did, wouldn't like it. I like it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. You see, like I'm telling you, like it's hit or miss with me, actually. With Yeah. Probably if you didn't tell me, it'd probably be better for me. Like if you, if you <laughs> yeah, yeah. say IPA, this is because I already have it in my mind. IPA is super hoppy. I'm not gotcha. gonna like it. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like you've already got the preconceived like ah, so this is not gonna be when enjoyable. I was telling somebody yesterday, actually one of the homies is here. I said when it comes to beer, like in terms of like, even if I don't like the flavor, if there's nothing in the room but a beer that's like super hoppy or a sour that I'm not really that into, and but that's the only thing to drink. I'm loving that joint. You yeah. Know? Like, uh, like, that, that. My mind just wants to get drunk or get buzzed or feel that buzz. And for some reason, my palate adjusts to that being the only thing available. And then and then what happens is after that, I like that beer. Ah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. By way of like, this is, we build a relationship. Right, like, I built right. a bond with this beer because yeah, it was just me and the beer. We each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we saw each other through the end. I like this one, though. This okay. Dope. Yeah. The, the that fragrance it caught me up. Did it catch you off off the rip? Like when you first before yep. I even sipped Actually, it. Actually, I smelled a little bit before, which I shouldn't have because I started to judge it. And okay. but then the flavor was not as bad as the smell. Excellent. Dope. Dope. Uh, let's not waste any time. Let's get into this last one. Let's do it. Dead air because I was actually swallowing beer, swallowing beer there. But needless to say, we're at our fourth. And, and I'm sure we're terrible at mixing whatever residue of the other beer. Yeah, because we're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah. Beer snobs would be mad at us. Oh, yeah. We would definitely get kicked out of the uh, the, the social club. I'm not going to lie. I've, I've, I've probably become somewhat of a beer snob in the sense that now, like, when someone tells me, hey, let's get this Budweiser something, I'm like, Budweiser what you, something. What are you nuts? Yeah. But it's funny because my girl, who's the, the beer person, she'll be like, oh, no, Budweiser has this beer that's pretty good. It's this beer, Budweiser. And I'm like, uh, yeah. And then she'll bring it. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's pretty fucking good. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, man. She should write a book. No. She should. <laughs> yeah, she right. should. Yeah. This fourth and final beer also comes from Bang & Banjo. It is their Johnny B. Gord. Johnny B. Gord. It's a pumpkin beer. <laughs> there you go. That's the sound. Clocks in at a, at a 9%. Oh, yeah. And it's brewed, me, man. And it's brewed in Pompano. The fragrances. Oh, and, and, and Halloween. I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's, this, is, would this be considered an Oktoberfest type of thing? Or no? I, and I think it's just seasonal because it's a fall thing and everything's pumpkin nowadays from the lattes right down to the. It's not too crazy of a smell. Oh, whoa! That, That's super flavorful. Too yes. flavorful for me for a yeah. beer, but it's not bad. It's just too Agreed. flavorful in terms of like like a. It has pumpkin. a lot of presence as far as yes, it's like a pumpkin pie beer. Like if there was puree, and I'm sure they put pumpkin puree right. inside. But it's not bad. It's definitely not bad. So cool. far, none of these have been bad. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, and then the fact that. Probably one of those that'll fall under the fall under the category where it's like, oh, that's a nine percent. That's all you have besides that. I'm drinking this and then I'll become. So, yo, let me tell you, nine percent. This is the thing. So imagine I started drink champs doing just liquor, mm. and I've drank liquor my whole life, and then now I'm just drinking beer. With I do shots of, of liquor on mm-hmm. the show. It's such a different type of buzz that you get from beer, and I tell people don't underestimate. Uh, look, I can't even talk. Don't <laughs> underestimate the. 
the beer, the buzz, the beer buzz, or yes. the drunkenness you can yeah. get from beers. Because yeah. what happens is you start throwing them down, and it catches up with you. Unlike liquor, which is yeah. kind of like you get it quick and you know the okay, uh, you know, like flight or flight yeah. type yeah. of thing. But with yeah. beer, it's like too late. You know yeah, no, beer definitely will lull you into a false sense of security because mm. it's not that initial. Right. I mean, like you said, until you get to the higher ones, the tens or the elevens, no, the, the nines, or even the, tens, the nines, the 11s, those, like those are scary, bro. Yeah. One beer and you're fucking you're you're lost. You know? Correct. Um, <laughs> most most recently in translation. Yeah. <laughs> most recently, I had uh, uh, the last podcast. I had uh, Alex and Marcos from the Duke Company. Shouts to them. And um, I introduced them to the Imperial Sunshine, which was a uh, a nine point six uh, like blonde with like heavy orange. And they mentioned uh, when they tasted it, they were like, "Man, this has a, a liqueur taste." Like it was very familiar to like a Cointreau. Like the, the the flavor that was in there, right. but yeah, man, nine point six. That's when you start, you know, going into territories where it's like, yeah, I just can't sit here and throw these back nah, like that. Nah, nah, for sure, yeah. for sure. But, but no, nah, these are good, man. You're gonna have a heyday because you're gonna sit down with Beer Fest Fridays as well. And yes, shouts Doc, to Beer, Be- Beer Fest Friday. Pedro Beers, you're gonna speak his language. You guys are both gonna speak uh, beerology here. Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dope. I'm always here for learning more about beers. That's why I started the podcast to begin with. Right. Um, just trying different things and I said let's run with it let's see who else feels the same way about beer that I do or if they feel differently right no I'm going there man I'm, I, I want to learn more I'm, I'm trying to get even in, like do business in the beer world excellent actually shit. let's do that yeah, I, yeah you read wow. my mind the micheladas let's talk about because oh. I'm going to ask you now last time we we linked up and I was here you put me on to micheladas I had heard about them before never tried it's crazy them crazy that you didn't know about it yeah so I'm surprised every time I find someone doesn't know about it <laughs> so I'm like alright so um, I gave it a go and I wasn't sure exactly what I was doing. Right. I imagine you had to put a lager in there. Uh, me right. and the homie Orion, shouts to WDDH, shouts to you, Orion. Um, we said, all right, well, we got two Coronas. Let's pour them in there. Now, there's a line that I guess you're supposed to fill up so many well, ounces. already went wrong with Corona, bro. Was that the issue? <laughs> I mean, I'm just not, I, oh, okay, a, I'm okay, not yeah. a fan of Corona. But the, the, yeah, the beer itself, but the style the style of beer was the right yeah, one to yeah, choose yeah, for that. Yeah. Okay. That typically. I mean, okay. people do whatever. Yes. But typically in Mexico or in the yeah, West Mex- Coast... That's what they're putting. Like Got you. A, like a Corona, Modelo, something like that. Got you. So um, we fill these things up with, the, with the, the bottles we have, which are like 12-ounce bottles, and it was way below the line. And then I treated the, the packet that comes with it like ramen noodles. Like I was like, I don't ever use the but whole— your flavor, right. Okay, your, so I was, to, okay, yeah, so I was on taste. track. Yeah. Nice. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I— I don't I put the whole thing. Dope. Okay, right. so I did, I did do it right. Yeah. Um, I think Corona's where I went wrong then. So you, you didn't like it too I was much? like, ah. Uh... So also the other thing that I would add to it, that I do add to it, is I, I get lime and I put my own lime in. Okay. Because I'm a big part of, like, my I really like it with a lot of lime. Like, I even drink this thing called chelada. Okay. Uh, which is just the beer, ice, lime, a bunch of lime juice, and then just, like, the salted rim. Gotcha. And that I'm fucking, I could drink a 10, 20 of those gotcha. and be good to go. Dope. Dope. You got something coming up soon, right? You're so the Michelada Cup. Hit them with uh, it. I'm working with this company out of Cali called the Gold Michi Company. They are supposedly like uh, I don't want to say I want to say supposedly because you know I'm not looking at their books, but they're one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, Michelada Cup company. Which okay. is basically Micheladas are made by a bartender, you know, in a bar, and they make it really fancy, like they would make a Bloody Mary, you know, like gotcha. to their and however the the formula that they put together. 
But what this is doing is making it easier and more accessible for you to go into a gas station or a liquor store, grab a, a to-go cup that has the rim already on it, has the powder mix. You put ice, you put your favorite beer, and you put a little bit of the powder, and then boom, you know, you got Michelada to go. go. And I thought that was super dope because I love Micheladas. So I'm coming out with my own cup. Fresh. It's the, the EFN is called the Crazy Michi. Okay, dope. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then there's other things we're doing. I got my own, like, basically my own formula of... Of it's going to be a liquid thing that that you can instead of the powder you put it's liquid. Got you. So I'm got coming you. out with my own separately. It's a separate product. Okay. And I'm doing a lot, a lot of business with these guys, and that's gonna that should be rolling out in the next month or two. No. Oh. My cup. And what I'm excited about is that just like you, not too many people on the East Coast are really on to this. You know. Yeah. Unless unless you probably meet a Mexican person that knows about it. Yeah, exactly. But I've been really surprised and excited the fact that nobody knows about it, and, and I'm like, okay, well that's perfect because. This is the lane I'm trying to create. Just like I have on the liquor side, I, I work with Colombian White, which okay, is Aguardiente, Colombian mm-hmm. Aguardiente. Yes, which another rough one. Down in South Florida, we know about it, but if you really go outside of South Florida, not too many people know about yeah. it unless they're Colombian. Yeah. So I'm really I'm into that, like building these lanes that are not there, and and I'm I'm excited, man. It's so the Go Michi Company. That's the company. The Crazy Michi is my cup, and it's coming soon. Fresh that. I just that dawned on me. What dawned on me now, as you were as you was breaking that down, was the fact that um, I, I recall the taste, drinking uh, the beer, and then having the, the tasting the 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 toppings the on rim. the edge, the right. rim, um, and it brought me back to those the one time I sampled one of these wild ales or whatnot with the flavor. Those flavors are there, yeah. so I have a feeling that that will that will take off because you're getting that the spiciness, the hint where there's other flavors not associated with beer typically. Right. And so and people dope. drink these cups without beer. They they put juices, okay. uh, you know, tea, sometimes even liquor cocktails. Uh, another product that they have that's super dope is they have and I have some here and we could maybe try them is they have a dip. So basically what hmm. it is if you have a, a cold can like this before you open it, you dip it. So now the can has a rim. Got you. Already. Okay. And then okay. you just open it and then you just have Take the rim. Because really the rim is really where it's at. Yeah. yeah you yeah. could actually do without putting the powder and just Into, and just use the and rim and ice. You know, and what it is is ice and, and, and beer. Um, and it's like, you know, it's basically a beer cocktail. It's a beer Bloody Mary. Nice. And, and I, I love it, man. Like I got put on Swift by my family, my real family, blood family in L.A. years ago. And then my girl, like, she, like, reintroduced it to me. And I was like, oh, man. And then now this company, you know, I'm doing business with them, and I'm just hella hype. Um, and, and I might come out with a beer, too, oh, with yo. them, with somebody. Okay. I've been talking to local breweries as well. I want nice. to do, like, limited edition beers. Oh, for sure, for and sure. And actually, before we bounce, um, I have th- this beer. This is coming. I, I, I want to get their story right. I just got put onto them, but I'm going to do a lot of stuff with them with Drink Champs. But Crown and Hops is the brewery, okay. and they are a black-owned brewery out of Inglewood, California. Oh, dope. Okay. Uh, according to them, I think they said, and I hope I don't get this wrong, they're the only black-owned, fully black-owned brewery. And they got these. I brought one. They sent me a bunch. I'm going to take them to Drink Champs. Dope. But we might do a beer with them as well. Nice. And this is a beer. I don't know. You could read it and see if you see anything interesting about that Damn. beer. Um, but, yeah, so look out for, for them as well. No, there's yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming out of LA, um, especially when it comes to involvement with hip hop, which leads into our next segment. But um, yeah, the Blue and Exile did one with I forgot who it was, but they did a collaborative uh, effort when they dropped the Miles album. I think that's who Rec is t- trying to connect me with. Yes, 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 definitely. Because I put Rec onto it, I was like, yo, maybe hit up with these people because they're looking to yeah. venture out with more of the the culture and whatnot. But dope, man. Yeah, 
Um, but with that, let's get into this beat segment. So um, y'all yeah. know what it is. It's Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. EFN is in the house. Ohead Ed is kind of holding things down here. Y'all know what's up. Bruce Beats and Eats, the podcast, O-Head Ed, EFN. There's two E's in the house. Boris on the boards. That's two B's. I'm going to start a rap career, I think, <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm going to get signed to Crazy Hood. enough beers. You can, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody's a rapper. You're the best freestyler ever. <laughs> but this is the segment where we talk beats. So, um, EFN, it, 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 so much beats, but it's... It rhymes with the rest of the, right. the words, so but it's more like what's on your playlist. So, right, um, right. so EFN, what is something that you bump? Something that's on your playlist right now? If I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest, what Please I'm bumping do. right now is toddler tunes because I got two kids, and yes. so whenever I want to bump something, my daughter's like, eh, eh. like wheels <laughs> around the bus and uh, it's a bitsy spider and ABC <laughs> and head, you know head uh, shoulders knees and toes all that that's what's <laughs> pumping. But um, you know what I'm I'm when it comes to music, man, like. I tend to stick to, like, I have, my place is always older, like, older stuff. Got you. So, for example, like, the newest stuff that I'm really, like, I really still listen to hardcore is, like, the Kendrick albums. Okay. The J. Cole stuff. Um, and then, if not, it's, like, 90s hip-hop, mm. like, super-duper 90s playlist. Yeah. Uh, right now, the, today, I, I mean, the Busta album came out, and he's he's on Drink Chance, but the album's phenomenal. Uh I want to get it more into the Griselda camp, gotcha. you know, because I know that I'm, I'm gonna like it. But I just yeah. I don't have the time to get into new music. Like it's that. hard to squeeze that in between the wheels yeah. on the bus and uh, right. it's a bit like, spider. And, and don't get me wrong, I listen to all this stuff that comes out, like a mm-hmm. lot of new stuff. But yeah. I'm from the school of like going in and dissecting the music, like going reading back, liner notes and, to, and yeah, and you listen to one song back to back. You like it takes you. Two to three weeks to get through an album because you're really you're listening to how the beat was made. Oh, that lyric. Oh, that one verse. The hook. Mm. Okay, okay. Now you, you that song you got through it a hundred percent. Now, now the next song, and then then when you get through all of it, then you pick your favorites out of the album. You know, once you. you did all of that, and yeah. that's the era that I come from. That's at least that's the style that I listen to music. Um, so yeah, but I would say just a lot of Kendrick, a lot of J Cole, and a lot of '90s stuff, and then. My go-to outside of toddler tunes when I'm with my kids is Bob Marley. Okay, nice, yeah. nice. Getting them used to the vibes early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's just safe music, and it's just I love Bob Marley. Yeah. Shit, so uh, yeah, Bob Marley and '80s and '90s uh, reggae dance hall too. Got you. Yeah, it's it's funny you bring up the point the, about you know how we how we ingested music, how we came through yeah. uh, you know into music. Um, it's harder to do that nowadays because you're always getting bombarded. Like, uh, this person much. drops, that it's person drops, this person drops. Yeah. Um, there's very few cats that really put a lot of thought into the stuff that we cherished back then, which was yeah. like, oh, what does the cover look like? Right. Okay, and, what's in, and who are they shouting out in the no, thank you yous? No, you got to know the artist and, through that. You would read... All the, the, the producers, the writers, the executives, the shout outs. Yeah. And then you had a snapshot of this person's life, their friends, the people that worked on this album, the people that contributed to this song. And you could you could imagine now this whole ecosystem around that album. And when you and, and it, this issue is real, because when I would meet these artists, I would be talking to them about their music. And they would be looking back like, how do you know all this shit? Like, bro, it's all in your <laughs> in, within your liner notes. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. that's how, you know, you listen to it, then you read it and then you put it all together. And it's like. It was just so dope, man. Like yeah. I feel like that's a lost art. I feel I actually feel bad for the newer generation that they don't have that the physical to look at and read. And mm. you know when you even when it was like you went to the store, you got in your car, you popped it in, and you just opened and you just was reading. 
while you listen, you're reading, yeah. you're giving that first mm-hmm. listen, you're letting the album just play through, yeah. but you're reading all the liner notes, man. Yeah. Like, that's lost art, man. Yeah. Do you recall ever getting stuck? This happened to me. Um, you ever recall getting stuck on like the very first song of an album oh, yeah. and just like, oh, I'm not, I'm not that's going to. I'm saying. Pa- like, it would take me sometimes like two weeks to get through an album. Because, yeah, because that first yeah. one was that like, you just kept playing that one just yeah. to take that in. Yep. Yeah. And then, of course, you'd run tapes ragged because we come from the era where you'd put a cassette tape in and yep. just like. No, the cassette tape era was. I mean, as just a pure listener, CDs were always better. Yeah. Um, but but the cassette era to me is the best era. You know, yeah. even as a mixtape DJ, because I made I made actual mix mixtape cassettes. Okay. And to me, that was a real mixtape DJ because someone was invested in listening to how you mixed all the way through. They couldn't just skip through it. You know. Yeah. When you became a mixtape DJ with CDs. Did they really care about how you blended and mixed? Because they're just skipping through through each song, you know? Yeah, there was very few devices that had the auto skip when it came to cassettes. Right. Where you had to like, you'd, you'd press a button and it would find like that yeah. dead air between right. the two songs. Right. And then if it was a De La Soul album where it was like skits through it's, it, like yeah. you weren't going to get no... no de- it's not happening. Yeah, it's, it's not, not going to happen yeah. at all. Um, I'm going to get you, some more of this joint right No, here. please do. Yeah. Uh, go away. Uh, so 93, man, you graduated the same time I did. Uh, what was what was like the, the album... Do you recall like the album that like really if in you know took I'm always over? off by a year or two in my okay. mind. So I would just say that A Souls of Mission 93 Till Infinity is yeah. like that's like the anthem mm-hmm. for life. Ninety three is when I started Indeed. Crazy Hood. And uh the first Red Man album and Cypress Hill. Uh Cypress Hill definitely came out during my school year. Yeah. It might have been I don't know if it was. It was ninety one. The first was one was ninety one. Yeah, yeah. It came out, came out. The Cypress Hill, the first one with "How I Could Just Kill a Man," yeah? and yeah, that but was ninety ninety one. Sure. Yes, because it was right around the same time that Black Sheep dropped um, uh, a, a right. Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. You're absolutely right. So, but you know 91. what it was? You know why it's difficult to remember because albums lived for a whole year. Yes, easily. It, yeah, or two. You know, the, the the shelf life was a lot longer. A lot longer. Again, going so back it was to still, the, you know well into the ninety three era, but yeah. but definitely, and that Red Man album probably came out in. 92 also but I feel like it was in 93 yeah the what the album was probably yeah. 92 Wu-Tang definitely came out I think in 93, 93. yeah um, I remember listening to that in the parking lot of my of, of school in Sunset High School yeah uh, my, uh, was it the not the not the second Mob Deep I don't know, man. What was the just, second one? Because the first one was Juvenile, Juvenile Hell. Hell. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. When, yeah, when the Shook second one hit. is the first one to a lot of people. Uh, exactly. You know, Correct. which had uh, Shook Ones yes. Part 2 and all that. Yeah. Um, but Wu-Tang definitely, the Nas, the first Nas, I think was like 92, 93. 94. 94? Yes. See, I'm off yeah, right 94. <laughs> no, you're right. You called but, it. But it's, called all, it's all in that. It's in that same vein. That's that whole, that whole time frame. I, listen, I, I remember listening to that. First Mob Deep, the Juvenile Hell. Yeah. Like, nobody was into that. I had no idea. Because that was the era also where you went to the store and whatever was new on the on the rack, you know, like yeah. the, the rack, yeah. you just, if it looked dope, you jumped you're on like, it. I'm going to just, I'm going to give it a listen. You know, yeah. back then I used to jack music. <laughs> Me and my boys, we had like... Were you like, walking out with the, the big plastic frame well, to nah, the dance? What we did, which was kind of wild. <laughs> well, you know, Statue back then stitch. you wore baggy pants. Yeah. I mean, I used to do it on my own, but it was always better with the crew. Yeah. We would go in, we would stage a fight in the store. <laughs> God, so the you guys sa- got theatric with yeah, it. The sales <laughs> dudes would concentrate on the fight, and the rest of us are ripping the sensors off and stuffing them no. down our pants. Wow. And that was also a hustle because we would get orders from people in school, and then I'd sell them the music, you know, what yeah. I was at. But, I mean, that was how I got everything. Wow. You know? But, yeah, you saw something brand new, and you would usually pick that up, yeah. um, and, and you, took, you, gave it, you gave it a listen because yeah. it wasn't that many releases Back then. Yeah, so you got a chance to yeah. sit with it for sure, yep. for sure. 
EFED, man, we uh, we talk beats, man. We we got to know uh, your musical taste, what you're listening to now, right? What the young ones kind of they DJ from the back seat, I imagine. Be like, nah, like you, you said, your daughter says, no, 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 don't play that. Yeah, That's, no, <laughs> no, my daughter's hilarious right now with the toddler. <laughs> Wait till she gets the aux cord. Oh, like, no. <laughs> it's that in YouTube, bro. She wants my phone. YouTube, YouTube kids, YouTube kids. I'm like, oh, here, 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 here. <laughs> no, this is where we find ourselves nowadays. Yeah, yeah. So, so many Follow years us. later. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely 93 Till Infinity is classic. Um, the, the homie Conscious Kings, uh, he, he brought that up to me the other day, or he posted it the other day. He was like, yo, this is a timeless song. And I was like, yeah, you, you're not Timeless right. song, timeless album, The Alcoholics, when they came out. That's a little bit, you know, later than, after 93. But um, just that whole that whole era. I mean, again, you you every generation We're biased. has their era. We're kind of biased right. to it. I'm, but... very, I'm very understanding. But yeah. what's, what's dope for us, I think, that lived that era is that is, without a shadow of a doubt, the era that, hip-hop kind of graduated into like you know in the industry and started mm-hmm. to become mainstream mm-hmm. but it's so so that that little moment before it went completely mainstream yeah. was super classic that era that, that we call the golden era correct you know but that's our golden era for sure that's it bruce beats and the podcast we just talk beats with dj efn there's only one thing left to do and it's talk these eats y'all stay tuned Brews, Beats, and Eats. This is the Eats portion. This is the portion of the podcast where I get to know, you get to know our guests' music, musical taste. Nah, we did that already. It's their food taste. We get to know the, the, the dish that the guests can't live without, uh, something that they're always craving, um, whether they whip something up in the kitchen themselves, uh, maybe something even that they really don't fuck with. Like, we could always get into that too. Right. Um, so, yeah, Fen, let's start, uh, let's start with that one, that one dish that always... Like calls your attention, bro. My LA roots um, always bring me back to like Mexican food, and then okay. I don't even want to put this on because I think hard, die hard like Mexican people will be like, that's not Mexican food. But just give me a fucking a, a burrito and some nachos, yeah, and you know, or like a fucking hardcore like fucking healthy portion of nachos with cheese and put shit on to all over it. Like. You see how he used the word healthy at the beginning of it? He's like a nice healthy yeah. size of just cheese and hashtag, sour cream. Hashtag fat boy fitness. Here. There you go. There you go. But yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, my girl knows like, you know, give me a quesadilla and some, and some fucking chips and salsa and I'm fucking, I'm happy. I'm happy. Okay. Guy. What's the protein of choice on that? You go chicken, uh, ground well, beef. I'm, I'm actually a pescatarian for, Oh really? For okay. Like 13, 14 years now. Nice. So, if if I put anything, it'll be like shrimp or or so. Got you. Like I had actually yesterday, I had a salmon grilled salmon quesadilla. Fucking off the chain. Was bro. it? Yeah. Dope. Was yeah. this something you copped or you made you whipped it up from at the this house? place called Off the Grill out here locally in Kendall? They, okay. They fucking, they make some dope ass. Oh food. shit! I, I it's not a Mexican spot. That. They just have different kinds of. Is Caribbean. that is that off of eighty eighth? Yep. Yep. By Anthony's Pizza, which is the other thing that I fucking... The pizza's the other one? The other, yeah. 1A, 1A, 1B. Like, horrible food. I mean, good food, but pizza and fucking Mexican food, and that's all I need in life. The cheese is the common denominator there. I'm I'm, I'm thinking. It's like... (laughs) The only thing that stands apart from that that I've gotten into over recent years is sushi. Okay. I've become like a sushi guy, yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. What kept you away from sushi originally? Just... Actually, I was never into fish at all. Okay. Gotcha. Until I became what happens is I tried to become when I started like doing I started working out, started doing CrossFit. I was telling you this off the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to adopt a healthier lifestyle in terms of eating. 
I actually tried to do vegan. Okay. And Ooh, that's a jump. That's hardcore, especially for someone that loves cheese like I do. Mm. So I couldn't do vegan. I was like, this is too much. And so then I vegetarians can eat cheese. So I did vegetarian. And then I was like, man, I need a protein. And for whatever reason at the time, and I mean, still, like, I never liked seafood that much. It wasn't my go-to. But I started to, what got me into trying to do vegan was this movie called, uh, fuck, bro. Was it Fats, no, no, Nearly Dying Fat Something? Is that one of the documentaries? It or? was, uh. It was something that was t- talking about how, like, our farming system in the U.S. Oh, okay, okay. And how we pump all these, like, drugs and, 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 and uh, steroids into our meat. Okay. And chicken and all. Is that the know? one where they had, like, they showed videos of the uh, the hens cooped up and the dark, all yeah. pitch black and they're just yeah. sitting on top of and each other? I read I a think. book. Another, I read a couple books. So I, I was like, you know what? So I felt like seafood was a little safer. Which Got you. probably isn't the case either because yeah. there's a lot of stuff on that, too. But I just went and I became a pescatarian. Gotcha. So uh, I don't know exactly what you asked me because I lost no, my train of thought. No, because no, we were talking about the uh, the the quesadilla with the salmon, and then you went into getting uh, becoming pescatarian. Uh, pescatarian. You right. started off vegan, right, but the right. cheese thing was was hard right. to so do. That's so how I, that's how I got there. Yeah. Man. So you know, I decided I gotta have a protein, and I couldn't do vegan, so I kept cheese and I kept seafood, and that's where I'm at now. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you make your own rules. I think ultimately it's. It's whatever you did before, you're changing it. Right. So, you know, you, you know going, leaping into vegan is, is, a, is like drastic. Right. But as long as you make the changes that's different from what you did before, you're going to notice the difference. For sure. And for go sure. from there. And no, then eventually no, no. you'll evolve. And, 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 you know, I don't, you know, what's crazy <clears> is that <throat> I got, my friends judged me more than anybody else. You know, like <laughs> yeah. the people who, and I'm like, why are you judging me? I'm not changing the way you, the way you eat, eat. But they don't get mad <laughs> yeah. at me because yeah. we go out and. I wouldn't eat meat anymore. I wouldn't have burgers. I wouldn't have chicken. I'm like, bro, <laughs> what the fuck is your problem, bro? Like, I'm not making you do it. But, uh, but yeah, it's like to each their own, man. Like, whatever no, makes sure. you feel, if it makes you feel healthier, yeah. even if it's not really making you healthier, but if you feel healthier, if your mind, because the mind is more powerful sometimes than anything yes, else. That so that's my difference. thing, bro. If, if mentally it's making a difference, then fucking do whatever makes you happy, yeah, man. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, do you you prepare dishes at home as far as fish? Like, what's the favorite fish dish you'd go yeah, to? Yeah, I mean, if I have time. I don't have time. Then, uh, yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll get some salmon. I'll grill some, some fucking shrimp up. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, dude, I'll fucking make like a stir fry okay. with shrimp and all kinds of shit, bro. But yeah. I'm one of those dudes because when I was... When I was a kid, um, and me and my mom, you know, I lived as a single parent. We were broke as fuck. My mom used to, like, get busy with whatever was in the kitchen. Gotcha. We didn't have much, but whatever, and things that didn't go together. So she used to call it the invention. She's like, I have an invention. I'm making an invention. And I would get hyped because my mom was ill. Like, the way she would invent these, like, things that didn't go together, these ingredients, and make it a dish. Wow. So that's how I am as an adult now. Like, I can put anything together my girl's yeah. like, that's disgusting. Like, how are you putting that? I'm like, bro, it tastes great. You know, like, it tastes amazing. And it's the invention. So yeah. and my daughter, she's kind of following my she's footsteps. She's up like, on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's going to make you unicorn toast right. one day. Like, it's going to be like glitter and uh, some peanut butter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dope, dope. All right. The last question is, um, are you, well, before I get into the last question. Oh, I, you asked me how I got into sushi. I just, my brain fart. That's how sushi, I got into yes. fish. I, both it was a collective gas yeah, yeah. like between the both right, of us right, right, sushi right. but uh but no i mean before i get into the last one um i gotta shout out that the sponsor of this segment is wvcc scythe life radio h2owens two nights a week on twitch 9 to 12 tuesdays and thursdays download the app get involved listen to the music all underground stuff now desserts are you a dessert guy Nah, no, bro, this is nah. gonna be a short. <laughs> I mean, I have a couple like go tos. Okay, 
but I don't I like I rather go I rather put more nachos and cheese on my plate than get the dessert. You'll sacrifice the flan or the tres oh, leches. I, like I like flan. I don't yeah. like tres leches that much. Okay. I, I like flan, but you give me flan or a quesadilla or another piece of oh no no no, no take that flan away. Like okay. I'd rather go this carb. Um I'll, the other thing too is like holiday wise, apple pie a la mope, mm. off the chain mm. for me. Yeah. Um, pumpkin pie I'll, I'll fuck with too. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not a I'm not the dessert guy. Yeah. I'm not a I'm not a sweets person. Yeah. And even like you said, the, the two pies you were describing, it's it's a holiday thing. So it's not it pops up and you kinda do it because it's like the spirit of the yeah, yeah. Of and I'll the, go uh, ham though. <laughs> <laughs> it's there, I'll go ham. But I'll be like, that's it, that's it. It's that's a seasonal it. thing. <laughs> Three months of working yeah. out and, yeah, and no, you know no, no, and, I'll too. I, I've already given up on on showing my workouts. I just work out. <laughs> that's it. It's not gonna it's not gonna come out in my body style. <laughs> it won't reflect. Right, right. It won't, it won't reflect. reflect. Yep. Dope, dope. My peoples, y'all know what time it is. Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. As always, as always, I'd like to thank my guest, DJ EFN, for taking the time, sitting down, welcoming me into his place of business and and, and chopping it up. Um, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in yet another week. If you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't enjoy it, tell an enemy. Tell somebody. Let them know it's on all streaming platforms, at least the ones who matter. Uh, When you get there, subscribe, follow, do what you do when you get to these streaming sites. Also, the YouTube is live. YouTube, you're going to get the audio. You're going to get one video episode a month. Trying to keep that tradition going. Eventually, it'll become a bigger thing. But for now, when you get to YouTube, subscribe. That's Bruise Beats, the Ampersand East. It's all smashed into one. And then the podcast. Get there. Like this, the video. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Do that type of stuff. Um, thank you so much for, lo- for listening again. And EFN, thank you so much for Yo, making the for time, listeners, bro. If they're hearing some ruckus behind us, it's because the... The Beer Fest Fridays crew is chomping on our bits to get in the room, and you're about to join them and get into their craziness. The beers are not going to stop, <laughs> and I'm kind of concerned for myself. <laughs> Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. Peace.